This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am so glad you are here today, and I'm glad to be with you. Uh, And we've got a special guest in the studio with us today for this episode, but uh, we'll introduce him in just a moment. Uh, Today's topic we're going to be talking about is something that's close to me, uh, and that's employment justice. How do we see justice in the workplace? And the reason why that's close to me is because I go to work each day. (laughs) And in fact, these podcasts I record uh, generally happen uh, as soon as I get off work. And uh, like most of you, um, you've probably been at work today or have to go to work tomorrow. Uh, And Oftentimes, we can see injustice in the workplace, and it causes uh, frustration. In fact, this morning when I showed up uh, for work, it's Monday as we're recording this, and when I showed up for the work week, I ran into a disaster at work because some of my fellow employees and managers failed to do their job, and it created quite a mess for me. And that's just a small sample, but day after day, many people find deep frustrations um, uh, at their workplace because of uh, justices, such as, for example, wage theft uh, and uh, and terrible benefits or no benefits at all, um, layoffs. Uh, terrible work schedules, an imbalance between the home and work life, and and so on. Many reasons why people uh, are facing some some bad situations at work. And as I've heard many people through the years, and I've even had the same sentiment, at times you ask yourself, why am I even going to work? (laughs) Because I feel like I'm digging a deeper hole each day I show up. So, With that in mind, I want to introduce a very special guest, a man who has really been in the trenches when it comes to injustices in the workplace, and that's Father Jack Mossbrooker. And I appreciate you, Father, because you've done a lot of amazing work, so welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that that introduction, and I appreciate your inviting me to the show, Yeah, because it's an opportunity for me to share some of my thoughts and ideas about work and workplace justice and and uh, employees and how they get along in work. Yeah. So, thank you. Great. And uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit some of what you do when it comes well, to employment? Sure. I work for uh, work with a group as a volunteer for uh, faith and la- what we call the Faith and Labor Committee of Jobs with Justice. And what we do is we support labor organizing and other kinds of organizing in uh, uh, in around the state and in our primarily in our area, so uh, we uh, support p- workers and unions and uh, and their and their work 
in, in trying to get uh, fairness for their workers. Yeah, great. And I've watched you with a fast food chain in the Portland metro area. I watched you from the beginning, organized that, and it was really neat to watch. Now, why did you get involved in this? Well, um, I got involved in it historically because I come from what we call a union family. Okay. My father, who probably had a grade school education at the most, Mm -hmm. When we moved to Oregon, from North Dakota to Oregon in 1943, uh, he got a job in the uh, shipyards. They mm-hmm. called it defense work. Yeah. And uh, right. um, he got, got into a union, which enabled him to get an education and as a marine, become a marine machinist. And so he worked on that the rest of his life and it enabled us to, uh, to have kind of a middle-class life mm-hmm. at that time. And so I saw what unions can do. Now, was it easy? No. Sometimes <laughs> there were huge strikes uh, for, right. for weeks and sometimes for months. But we the outcome was still good. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I saw that. And uh, also, I, I, you know, the, the social, uh, ju- social justice work of the church is to help people, yeah. to lift people up. And so that fits in just right perfectly with what I want to do and what I what I like to do and uh, helping uh, people and unions to get what they need for their workers. Yes, great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, as you noticed, I did call him Father Jack, and that's because he's a retired Catholic priest, but not so retired. <laughs> Does masses on the weekends and in the trenches uh, on the um, during the week, but even more than that, does a lot of mountain hiking as well. So I. Oh yeah, you got to get back to nature. Yes, know? yes. That's uh, that's getting in touch with God also. Oh, is definitely. being back in nature and it's it's uh, sort of cleansing in a way. You know, you can relieve all your anxieties and stress and and uh, not that I have that much anymore, but uh, <laughs> uh, but it is it's really uh, wonderful. I just enjoy it. Uh, I have wonderful experiences in the woods. You know when. I was hiking up a trail and hadn't been there for a few months and just had this experience of oneness with all this these woods around me. Yeah. And this feeling has never left me. Uh-huh. You know, so it's a it's it's a very it's a healing experience to be in the woods and in yeah. nature. That's great. Yeah, and I agree with you. I get back as much as I can. I try to go as far out of the city as possible. I tend to go over Central Oregon and places like that and and hike up in the Cascades. And boy, I tell you, when you get there, especially if it's been a while, you forget how necessary that is. But it only takes about 10 minutes for you to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so let's get in. This is a three-part series that we're doing on uh, employment justice. So we're going to cover a lot of ground, but uh, we're going to get started here with talking about wages and compensation, workplace conditions, just the general look at uh, what that's all about. Now, one of the biggest complaints I hear from workers all the time is wages and wage theft. Now, before we get into our list of questions I've got for you, I want to ask for a definition of something that you hear floating around, but maybe some people don't realize what it is. What exactly is wage theft? Well, wage theft is, starts out with um, a person taking a job and they have an agreement with the employer 
about their pay. They're going to get paid for certain hours. They're going to get paid a certain amount, maybe more for overtime, whatever the, that agreement is. And the employer doesn't come through on that mm-hmm. agreement. Now, that can happen a variety of ways. One of the uh, one of the ways is that we don't think about much is that when you pay your um, your bill at a restaurant, for example, and you put a tip on that, Mm-hmm. on that credit card bill. Well, the manager takes care of all the credit cards. You don't take care, of, the server doesn't take care of the credit cards. Yeah. And so the manager can say, well, you only got $5 in tips rather than $15. So that's one way just uh, uh, that that, uh, that it can happen. Another way is what we've seen in some large corporations recently is where managers actually go in and change the time card which is certainly against the law. <laughs> you know, it's just pretty gross. And and uh, the other way is uh, withholding wages. I mean, for, that a worker deserves. Mm-hmm. I had a, a a union organizer call me one time and say, uh, "This girl um, is working in a restaurant, and she uh, the, the manager is not giving her 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 money. It's her wages." And would you do something about it? Would you call him and talk to him? I said, well, yeah, I'll do that. So I called him. And it was a cold call, of course. I'm on the one end of the phone. He's on the other. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know who I am. So we talked for a while and had a nice conversation. I hung up and I thought, well, that's the end of it. So um, about 10 minutes later, he called me back. He said, oh, how are you? I said, uh, "How? why did you call me back? He said, I Googled you. So... <laughs> But we had a good conversation. I asked him to give this this person their wages, and he complied. Oh. He agreed to do it, and and she got her wages back. And that's happened several times. Mm-hmm. So there are just a variety of ways that wage theft takes place. Yeah. yeah. So if I want to raise, I'll just have you call <laughs> instead of me talking to the boss. Well, if I had that power, I would do it. <laughs> Now, before we get into the more details about uh, uh, worker pay and compensation, what's the general experience of workers around compensation? Well, you know, as we've seen on a on a national scale, it just it's not enough for most workers. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, um, we, you know, that's why the big fight for fifteen dollars an hour is is the is the fight mm-hmm. because as as you may know, that the government defines affordable housing as no more than a third of your wages uh, right. mm-hmm. in, a, in a year. That's to pay for your housing and and utilities. Well, if you're if, even at uh, $15 an hour, you're only earning $30,000 a year, which means bef- at, before taxes, you only have $10,000 for yeah. housing, which is yeah. doesn't cut it. So... So this is a this is a real issue and a real problem that workers are just out there saying I can't I can't make it mm-hmm. you know I can't do it and the implications of that are really very serious you know how do you get married if you can't make, if you can't have a, an income that's uh, fitting for marriage mm-hmm. how do you how do you uh, have a family without that kind of money mm-hmm. that it takes to have a family you know there's a lot that you can't do. If, if you don't have the money, if you don't have the wages. Yeah, exactly. And now it is just, even now with inflation, 
going the way it is. I've realized in the last month with uh, the price of everything going up, my wage is actually decreasing, even though on paper the number is the same, but it's actually going down in value. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough out there. It now, uh, let's talk about benefits for a moment. Uh, benefits is something that's frustrated me over the years because often you have to pay for your benefits. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, we'll provide insurance, but here is a huge chunk of money you got to pay for that insurance out of your paycheck. And then I think to myself, well, what kind of a benefit is this? So what do you think benefits should look like? Well, I think that, uh, unfortunately, in back in the 40s, Mm -hmm. the when health insurance is coming in it got tied to wages mm -hmm. that was unfortunate it got tied to the employer right and um, that meant that a lot of people were cut out from from a health insurance mm -hmm. so that's a benefit but you actually make the money for that benefit yeah okay <laughs> I mean, the worker makes the money for it mm -hmm. and by what he does or she yeah and uh, I think that should be taken off and 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 done and done in a different way than and hooked to the employer, yeah. Uh, so that everybody can have a chance at 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 health insurance, yeah. So, but it's as currently it is uh it is the way it is. The other thing that I think that workers need is time off. You know, they mm -hmm. need to have time for leisure. They yeah. need to have as uh, uh, what's there was an old book written. Leisure is the basis of culture. <laughs> and, uh, but time off for their families, time off for recreation, uh, time off for uh, vacation so that they can refresh themselves. Mm -hmm. We need that. And, uh, I think that, so that's, that's another one, time off, uh, fair pay is, is of course, uh, an issue. Um, and the benefits of breaks during the, during the, work day so that they don't just work for eight hours straight. Uh, right. 40 hour work week is a good benefit that's brought about by the unions and that's mm -hmm. really important. Um, so those are some of the things that I see and uh, that I think we ought to have in the workplace. Uh, I think we ought to have also in the workplace the opportunity to, to speak to the issue, to speak to the work so that the workers, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them have very good ideas about how to improve the situation. Right. And But they don't get the opportunity to express that. And that's something I think would be beneficial also. Yeah, I had tried to uh, talk to management recently at my workplace about something that would have been a win-win for the company and the worker. But they said, well, unfortunately, the company's beholden to the, to the investors. And I'm like, yeah, that's where it's at. <laughs> Now, let's talk about something else uh, that often is very unjust, uh, scheduling, work schedules. Maybe work schedules are, are uh, varied, unpredictable. You get called in, you end up working more, uh, especially people who aren't making, getting paid by the hour. You know, they're just getting paid a flat rate and then they have to work uh, quite a few more hours than what that compensation actually would be so um why has work schedules become so demanding it's a good question you know it used to be pretty clear when, when you had manufacturing that 
Mm-hmm. Uh, people could work 40 hours or set hours, set number of hours, and that was it. And but now with uh, with the with the way we've moved and stores open many hours a day, and uh, restaurants uh, th- that restaurants which have uh, busy times and non-busy times. When I was in high school, I worked as a busboy, and we would uh, we would be there from like 10:30 till one or two. And then we'd have off till about four and come back for a dinner session. Mm-hmm. But I was in high school and it was okay. Yeah. You know, I, was, I could <laughs> pull <cares>? around. <laughs> right. But if you're, if you're a mature person, say for, and you have a family, an adult, and you, you have to, you have some other responsibilities. You know, you have to, like if your children are in childcare, you have to pick them up at a certain time. Right. You can't just leave them. And so, yeah. These, these, and the children have their own schedule. So, you know, people need a a fixed schedule or a predictable schedule, I guess I'd Mm -hmm. say, so that they can uh, manage all those family issues and concerns. Now, what do you do in a company where it's like the atmosphere of the company is uh, changing? Such, for example, hospitals or places where emergencies happen. Now I work in a supermarket for some reason. Now my schedule's fixed, but for some reason, supermarkets, the schedules change, which I don't know why, because we know when the store opens and when it closes and such, but hospitals, you know, they're places of where emergencies happen. So how do you deal with a just schedule in a place like that? Good question. Yeah. I'm not quite sure, except that I think that like in, in a grocery store, I know that they ha- they can predict their busy times. Like yeah. Sunday's the busiest day of the week, right? for example. But uh, hospitals where, you know, sometimes sometimes you just called in at an emergency. And uh, I think that you have to take the, uh, you know, make it possible for somebody to be free and somebody, to, as they do uh, now, somebody to be on call. Mm-hmm. And so the person who's on call is going to be, Interu- their life is going to be interrupted, but they know that. Mm-hmm. And the person who is not on call knows that their life, they're not going to be called in right. unless it's an extreme case, of course. Yeah. You know, So I think you just, the, the hospitals can predict that sort of thing and they can give people some, uh, some time to, to be, predict their lives. I think that's what people need is to be able yeah. to predict what, uh, what's it going to be like this week, or next week, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, okay, very good. Now, um, I want to move on to another subject that's very makes it difficult to even show up to work, and that's when you have abusive supervisors uh, at the workplace. Uh, what have you heard from workers about this? Well, too much, mm-hmm. too much. You know, uh, uh, a manager or a supervisor is in a difficult position because mm-hmm. they're between the the uh, administration and the worker, right? And so, what? How do they keep their job? And uh, they want to please their their the administration, and they also want to please the worker. But who do they have to please first? Yeah, right. know, that's that's the choice they have to make. Mm-hmm. And some people can manage that very well; others can't, and others. Uh, have not learned how to work with people in a way that 
brings out the best in them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some companies will do leadership training. Some, I guess that works. Mm -hmm. And some will not and just uh, uh, move a person forward on the basis of uh, mm -hmm. uh, seniority or something else. And it does, and it's not a good fit uh, for them to mm -hmm. to be supervising workers. But workers, the the uh, my experience is that when when you don't have a good supervisor, the morale goes down and your product goes down. Yeah. Uh, so it's be, uh, behooves the employer to make sure his supervisors are are good and they work right. well with people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, for example, the the manager where I work, the main one, you know, he makes it a point to stop and talk to you, check in, see how you're doing. Yeah, I even had a 20-minute conversation one day with him about vinyl records because we both prefer our music on vinyl. <laughs> and so we had a big conversation about that. So those kinds of things that motivate you to want to do better because it's like, oh, this guy's worth working for, you know. So so that personal touch, yeah, that personal appeal, you know, just mm -hmm. to be interested in you as a person, right? Not just as somebody who's going to do the work so that he looks good or she looks good, right? You know, but uh, and as and uh, they can submit their or subvert their ego to their work, right? So yeah, that's that's really important. Yeah, and then when you it comes time to crunch numbers, you're willing to crunch numbers because hey, we had a conversation about vinyl records. Let's have a conversation about crunching numbers, right? It's all works together. Now, it appears to me that in society that the stress levels and demands of jobs has risen sharply. Uh, what's your thought on that? Well, I I think so. I think um, in all of society, it's it's uh, it's risen. I think that part of it is that. There are so many jobs that, you know, w w are thought of as um, temper, kind of temporary, or uh, jobs that <clears throat> only kids take, you know, because they're they're kids and they don't need it and they can move on. But that the reality is, in a lot of fast food places, the average age is like thirty five for really? some people. Yeah, wow. and they're trying to make a living mm -hmm. and they can't do it, so the stress goes up. You know, and um, the the the, uh, the workers in those kinds of situations mm -hmm. know that you know they're on the edge, and they can't lose their job because they may not be able to get anything else. Right. So I think there's a lot of fear of that. Maybe this pandemic will, will have changed some of that anxiety because people seem to be opting out of work or looking for better work than they had, and yeah. and moving out of positions that are stress for them. And look, find trying to find better positions, but I think that um, just the just the unpredictability of your work is: will it be here? Will I be here? You know, uh, that sort of thing is. And, and can I? Will I be able to pay my bills? Can I predict that my work will be here? That uh, in a, in a changing society, I think that that's uh, that's a problem. And even, we know that some industries are going to go under. And certainly we've seen that across the country in the past years and people don't know what to do then. And so there's, there's right. that a lot of anxiety around work. There yeah. is. And a lot of, uh, yeah, places closing down. It's very short staffed everywhere you go. Now people yeah. not returning to work, very short staffed where I work at, which puts then more pressure on the people who are working there. Cause now you got to double your 
load to keep things going. And so it's uh, it's interesting. Well, we're going to uh, wrap up this episode because we've got a lot more to talk about, but we're going to do this in, in uh, the second episode, cover up some of the... So I want to expand more on some of these ideas because we touched on some things that need expanded, and then I want us to talk about what the workplace it sh- itself should look like. So before we uh, close up, though, is there any parting thoughts you have? Um, not really, except that I, I think that, that one of the things that really... Um, is important to me is that we value work Mm -hmm. and we value the work that people do, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's important. I don't care whether you're, what you're doing, you're sweeping the floor. That's valuable. And and that all work is seen as valuable and the person who does it will have some value out of it then. Yes. And St. Therese's you would say sweeping the floors is, could be the greatest thing you do out of great love for God. Well, Father, thank you for joining us uh, in this. and look forward to the following episodes we're doing together. And uh, those of you who are listening, uh, you know, I know this is can be a tough subject sometimes because fact is your work, your career takes up the most of your lifespan. Your biggest section of life is going to work each day. And I encourage you who are supervisors that are listening, make the atmosphere of your work a just atmosphere those of you who own companies make it a just place to work and those of you who are uh, the employee the person at the so-called at the bottom i encourage you to take hope because there are people like father jack uh, moss brooker who are working on your part to create uh, things and if you need help at your workplace feel free to email us the announcer at the end will tell us the email address Email us and let us know how we can be uh, a help to you. Thank you for joining us today, and I encourage you to keep hope alive as you create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.